Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Thursday morning, December the 9th, 2021. It is 7.02 on this Tucson Thursday morning, and uh, we are live right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson. As Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, we do have a lot of local to talk about today, uh, very specifically the performance uh, last night at the McHale Center. We'll get into that in just a moment. Also, uh, women's basketball back in action tonight at the McHale Center. Check out the women's Wildcats, uh, uh, women's uh, basketball team tonight as they take on North Dakota State. We'll have a little little preview of that as they get back off a long hiatus of, uh, of non-playing. A little vacation for Adia Barnes and the girls. Uh, we have some other things to get into, lots of different topics, kind of spreading things out today over the big four. We have, uh, well, we don't have Major League Baseball, nothing to really talk about there. Although I was having a conversation with my buddy who is uh, who works for or is employed by, he's not working right now technically, uh, but he is employed by uh, one of the American League Central teams. I was talking with him last night for a little while and <laughs> had some interesting conversation with him last night and uh, we were talking about some stuff and... Yeah, it's uh, you know he he seems to think he seems to feel pretty confident uh, that there's not going to be any regular season games missed, but he does think that the spring training the the spring uh, schedule is going to be cut in half or so, and it's going to be a quick spring, and then they're going to jump right into the regular season. So we'll keep an eye on that as uh, labor discussions continue, or maybe not continue right now, as both sides are just kind of looking at each other across the chasm, saying you know. Here's your middle finger, and oh, here's my middle finger for you. And yeah, so uh, we won't be talking Major League Baseball. We'll talk some NHL today. We'll talk NBA today. And of course, as my promise to you here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson, we talk the NFL every single day here on the show. And we will be talking lots of NFL today as a huge weekend in week 14 kicks off tonight. On Thursday night football could be a uh, could be a good one, could be an ugly one. It's the Steelers at the Vikings. Uh, we're gonna have a, a little preview of that. I'll also preview some of the other games that are going on. We'll have some injury updates. There were a lot of players who did not practice yesterday for their respective teams. Big name players who didn't practice who are going to be game time decisions that could affect the outcomes of these games. So we'll talk about some of those injury news and notes as well. There is an interesting report about the – I kind of want to – I want to kind of correlate it to just basically like the numbers that I've been seeing. Ever since ever since sports gambling became legal in a lot of the states here, it's, 2021 was kind of like the year for that, right? Obviously, we saw it here in Arizona when it went legal in July. Um, and, you know, we've seen a huge boom in – obviously marketing and things like that going on for all the different uh, all the different products that are out there and sports gambling has become a, a you know a really big and everyday part of our lives i mean i i don't i don't go through a day without having at least two conversations with people about sports gambling it's just people are talking about it it's new it's fun it's fresh uh people are interested they're learning about it so there's a lot of things you know going on there 
And I think there's a direct corollary to this year because one of the things that I've noticed is I'm kind of you go on the internet and you want to look at some of the you know some of the guys who have been picking games the prognosticators and stuff that have been picking games for years for decades and you check their records and you kind of you, you learn to respect certain of them you know there's, there's you know six or seven that I hold in high regard that usually have their stuff together and do really well and all of them are basically saying I'm having the worst year of my life I can't figure it out I think I figured it out and it's it's all about the little play in football that results in one point. We'll talk about that coming up when we discuss some NFL. But I'm going to open up the show tonight today because, well, Sports Center last night felt it was important enough for them to open up with uh, with SVP Scott Van Pelt last night as the best things I saw today, and uh, so therefore I'm going to open up my show with it as well as the Wildcats just absolutely destroy the previously unbeaten Wyoming Cowboys at the McHale Center, and uh, the Wildcats were faster on the draw in that Wild West shootout between uh, the uh, the Wildcats and the Cowboys last night, and the Cats take it away 94-65 to to remain unbeaten on the season. Um, I, you know, I got home last night from the uh, from the venue that I was, that I was uh, performing at, and uh, I was able to watch about three quarters of the game last night. I was very happy to be able to just kind of sit and watch um, at the uh, at the venue that I was at, talk with some of the boys, and uh, just watch some basketball. And I got home and turned on the TV, and Sports Center comes on after the uh, the Warriors game had ended, Warriors and uh, and Blazers game had ended, and I hear Scott Van Pelt say. Bear down, Arizona. Bear down, red and blue. The best thing I saw today, and I was like, what? Oh, my goodness. Scott Van Pelt calling out the, the uh, of course, the Arizona fight song, not the official fight song, but our adopted fight song. And the, the, uh, the highlight package was from the Pac-12 Network's uh, broadcast of the Wildcat-Cowboys game last night, and there were plenty of highlights for the Wildcats in that game and look, it was it was total domination from the jump. It, it was it was a really really impressive performance by the Wildcats. And I just continue when I watch this team. I just like I'm like I, I don't know. I don't want to say I don't know how they're doing it because that would be you know that, that would mean I you know all those years I spent studying basketball and and talking with coaches and really kind of getting in their heads and just you know learning things that that casual fans just will never notice. So I don't want to say that I don't know how they're doing it, but you know yesterday before I signed off I said, "Look, I think it's going to be a closer game than people expect. Styles make fights. Wyoming is a very disciplined team. They're going to try to get Arizona to play their ridiculously boring slowdown style of 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 play." And the Wildcats come out, they're running, they're shooting threes. They, I mean, they, they made four of their first five uh, three-point attempts. Kirk Creasa just came out absolutely on fire. Next thing you know, it's raining threes. Wildcats are up by 14. And now, all of a sudden, Wyoming's running for their lives. <laughs> Wyoming's like, crap, we got to run with these guys. And then it became a sprint. And uh, uh, it, as soon as that happened, it was like Tommy Lloyd had to be twirling his handlebar mustache like a snidely whiplash there. But... Because he got he got his friend Jeff Linder's team to basically just give in and be like, 
we can't play our style. We're going to get beat by 90 if we continue to try to slow things down because even as much as they were trying to slow things down, the Cats still had, by the time the dust had all settled last night, 16 fast break points against Wyoming, a team who was one of the best teams in the country and not giving up fast break points. Arizona decimated them on the on the glass, which I did expect to happen because I was I just kind of felt like Wyoming was just going to bail on the uh, on the glass. We miss a shot, so be it. We got to get back on defense because we cannot get outrun by these dudes, and it still didn't matter. This team is so confident in their ability to play fast, not play hurried, but to play fast that it doesn't matter what the other team's defense is. Wyoming, they ran <clears throat> pardon me. They ran man to man last night. They ran 2-3 zone, they ran 3-2 zone, they ran matchup zone. They even I think it's at at some point they ran a couple of possessions of pack line. They tried every possible defense outside of the amoeba that you could possibly imagine. Uh, throwing at an opposing team. And all Arizona did was assess quickly and move and quickly and score. It was it was a remarkable performance by the Wildcats last night. And, and, I, and I mentioned confidence. And this team is playing with an immense amount of confidence. They have confidence in themselves. They have confidence in their teammates. They have confidence in their coaching staff basically telling them, look, you know, we're, we're going to turn you guys loose. And there were some excellent quotes from Tommy Lloyd after the game last night. Just some really good stuff, uh, you know, at the microphone, at the, at the press conference last night. I, I don't know which one was my favorite, but I think I have an, uh, an early favorite in the clubhouse when he said, you know, he was, he was just kind of talking about Wyoming and stuff and Arizona's ability to move quickly in the half court. And he said – it's a it's a it's a brave strategy to go into another team's gym and run underneath screens. <laughs> that was like I think that was a message to his friend, head coach of Wyoming, Jeff Linder, like, hey, you might not want to do that. We saw it on film. We knew we were gonna get you, and you did it anyways. You might want to change some things up. But I think it was also a message to anybody else who wants to try to come to McHale and try to D up Arizona in the half court and like if you want if you want to play against us, if you want to have a chance, you better not run underneath our screens. Which means the teams are gonna to have to run over their screens, which means Arizona's gonna get easy pick and roll buckets at the basket, which just makes things easier for them. <laughs> so Arizona just putting on a clinic, an offensive clinic this season, not just last night, but this season. And when you look at last night's tape, if you're uh, if you're a coach and you're trying to scheme Arizona you're going to be you've got you've got to be just pulling your hair out and trying to figure out what in the world you're going to do. Now granted, Wyoming didn't have the horses to be able to play with a team like Arizona who's as talented, athletic and big as Arizona is. Wyoming, you know, their biggest player is 6'9", good player. Uh Ike, you know, is is a good player. Uh but it, you know, nowhere near the talent of a Christian Coloco, an Umar Balo, and a Julius Tabellus couldn't couldn't match up with any of them. But if you're an opposing coach and you watch the film just from that game, it's like, look, this team tried to slow them down and they only went faster. These were 94 points on a team who averages giving up 68 a game. 
<laughs> That's just remarkable. Arizona shot 53% from the field. They were 38 of 72 from the field. They took 72 shots in that game, which uh, speaks to their ability to turn teams over and grab offensive rebounds, which they did, which I'll get into in a moment. They also shot 39% from beyond the arc, 11 of 28, as uh, Kirk Carissa was just launching threes last night. Mama was in the house, so you kind of expect that. As uh, as uh, Mrs. Creesa was uh, in attendance at the McHale Center last night, they talked to Kerr about that uh, after the broadcast. He was uh, interviewed after the broadcast last night. Kerr, who scored 17 points last night, 6 of 12 from the field. My phone is not muted. That's my bad. Rookie mistake there. 5 of 10 from beyond the arc. Also dropped five dimes. Did have four turnovers, so he's going uh, to get a lashing for that one from his coaches when they uh, when they meet tomorrow, or today, I'm sure. But uh, uh, a great game from him, 17 points. Azulis also had 17 points. But again, my goodness, Benedict freaking Matherin. What on earth has happened to his game in the last, the last three weeks, I want to say? His game has exploded. And I mean, it has erupted like a like a dormant volcano. I don't want to call it a dormant volcano because we knew what a good player he was already. It just took him a minute to kind of figure out his role in this offense. He and Tommy Lloyd discussed it. Benedict can be quite hard on himself. Sean Miller said the same thing about him last year. Sean was, was, I think he commented after a game, I think Ben was like one of nine or one of ten from, from the field. And, you know, Sean had mentioned, I don't remember if he was to the media or if he was just talking to some of the people around um, in, in, in idle discussion. I don't remember which one it was. But, you know, he said, he said you know, Ben's his own worst enemy. He, you know, he's, he, nobody's harder on themselves than, than Ben is on himself, and i got to get him out of that mindset. And, you know, I, I feel like Tommy recognized that early and is like, we gotta, we got to knock this off. Like, you, you, can't, you can't go through an entire season feeling sorry for yourself when you miss a jump shot. You know you have the ability. Just go out there and get it done. And Benedict Matherin has taken that and ran with it. He scored 24 points last night, 10 of 16 from the field, 2 of 6 from beyond the arc. Also grabbed 10 rebounds, 5 of them offensive rebounds, which had huge influence in the game. Also had 5 assists, only 1 turnover in 35 minutes. Now I mentioned the 5 offensive rebounds. Arizona grabbed 13 as a team which led to uh, 20 second-chance points, which is, that, I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic number. You want to be right around second-chance points, you always want to be plus 15. Plus, if you're plus 15 second-chance points in the college game, you got a good chance of winning that basketball game. It means, it means your guys are, are hustling, or maybe some of the missed threes are coming off long from the rim. You know, they miss deep, and it, it goes out to the next zip code, comes out back out to half court kind of thing. Um, sometimes you get the lucky breaks that way. But if you're able to convert repossessions into points, it's, it's huge. It's, it's demoralizing for their team. If you can be plus – if even I think, I think some coaches would be – depending on how many points they're scoring a game, it, most coaches would be happy with plus 12. I think if you're plus 15, you get a real good shot of, of winning that basketball game. It shows you're, you're, you know, you're going to be pretty good. Wildcats had 20 second-chance points last night off of their, uh, off of their offensive rebounds. Benedict Matherin had a couple of them immediately, uh, would dart in, kind of run baseline, get through there, knife his way through, grab the rebound, go right back up with it. And whether he would get the bucket 
or whether he would end up at the free throw line, he was able to convert there as well. And now, I mean, there there are people that are obviously talking about I mean, people nationally, people here regionally in the Pac-12 that are talking about Benedict Matherin for Pac-12 Player of the Year. And now there are people discussing nationally that he's in the discussion for National Player of the Year with the way that he's playing and the way the Wildcats are playing as well as one of only now nine unbeaten teams remaining in Division I college basketball out of the 358 programs that are playing in that uh, uh, that particular bracket. Arizona's one of nine right now at 8-0, and they get ready for a big test. And I mean big because Kofi Coburn awaits in Champaign, Illinois, as they head out to, uh, to Illinois to take on the Illini this Saturday. The Illini coming off a big win against Iowa. They went into Iowa City last week and uh, just kind of pushed Iowa around. I think they ended up winning by six, five or six points in that game. It was close. I was obviously a good, you know, a good program. Um, they lose Luca Garza in the offseason, of course, but they, you know they're still a good program. And uh, to win in Iowa City is always difficult. So Illinois feeling pretty good about themselves, but they've got to be, you know, looking at film and kind of going, we're going to have to make this thing ugly. We're going to have to play, you know, that Big Ten style of basketball. We're going to have to uh, just kind of play a little rough, and they got the dude to do it because Kofi Coburn at six foot eleven, two hundred and seventy-five pounds of, I mean, just absolute man mass of of a human being. I mean, we saw Kobe when he was a freshman, or Kofi when he was a freshman at McHale Center a few years ago. And you know when they had Io Desumu, who's now in the in the NBA, um, and they had a couple other good players on that uh, Illinois team. That Illinois team was actually really good. They were leading the league in rebounding that year when they came to McHale, and Arizona out rebounded them, I think, by 18 in that game, and just completely took Kofi out of his game that night. Kofi has matured. He's returned, obviously, when he could have gone to the NBA this past off season. He's returned to lead the Illini, and he is their, you know, he's their everything. Um, he had a game a couple of weeks ago where he had to score 36 points to keep them in it and get them a victory, and he's capable of doing those things. So our boys have got themselves a little bit of a test. Uh, our front line is going to be tested. It'll be interesting. I'll have a, a breakdown and a preview of that tomorrow on how I think Christian Coloco, Umar Balo, and Azulis Tubelas can deal with one of the best players in the country in Kofi Coburn. But for me, when I watch Arizona, it just – it brings me a lot of joy watching this Arizona team. And I think it's it's because, not because of the style or anything like that. I mean, everybody's got their own style. Every team has their own style. Uh, you know, Arizona just continues to run the, the, you know, the stuff that they, that they want to do and be able to inflict their will on other teams and get other teams out of their game plan. But I think for me it's just, the excitement that this team has generated in the city of Tucson and amongst the fans, like that makes me, that makes me extremely happy. Like that makes me smile. I was, I was on, I was on Twitter last night, pretty late, just kind of fishing around, just kind of window shopping, if you will, just seeing what people are saying. And Arizona was obviously the huge topic. I mean, people that follow me and that I follow, obviously they're going to show up, uh, show up a lot more with a lot more prevalence on your, uh, on your Twitter feed. But, even all the national guys and stuff, they were just like, this Arizona team is so fun to watch. People are excited about the product, and uh, that makes me that makes me happy. That excites me because 
when people get excited about the product. Now, I want to, I still want to, I still want people to manage their expectations. Okay, you know this team. We have to, we have to remember that going into last night's game, their strength of schedule was 300 out of 358. So it wasn't great, and things are going to get real tough now. They got four games on the road against ranked teams. Four games coming up uh, against, or not against ranked team. Not all of them are ranked, uh, but four games coming up against teams in the top 50 of the net. All of them on the road. So things are not going to be easy for the Wildcats heading up until their game against Arizona State uh, in the in the uh, second week of January. So the real test is now. We find out what this team is all about now. We've seen their potential. Now they're going to have to put that potential to test against some of the better teams that they're going to play this season. They're going to be at Illinois. They're going to be playing a future NBA uh, who I think is going to be, I don't know, maybe not a star, but definitely a future NBA player next week when they host Cal Baptist. And we'll talk about that. Uh, Then they go to Tennessee to play a really, really tough Tennessee Volunteers team, a well-coached team, and uh, going to Knoxville just before Christmas not an easy proposition. Then they open up in the in the L.A. schools against USC and UCLA, who are playing good ball right now as well. So uh, the test comes now. Arizona gets to prove their point when uh, when they come back from the uh, from the road trip in L.A. And then we'll see what happens when all that dust is settled, where the Wildcats are. But I think when it's all said and done, once we get into that uh, uh, to that second week of January, we're going to be feeling even better about this basketball team because last night proved some things to me that I thought maybe this team would get hung up a little bit in a stylistic fight. Didn't happen. They played their game. They decimated Wyoming and uh, took care of business the way that they should. 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson welcomes the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. It's going to be Friday, December 31st at noon at Arizona Stadium. Pits the Central Michigan Chippewas versus the Boise State Broncos. And a special halftime performance from Scott Stapp, former lead singer of Creed. For more details and for tickets, go to ESPNTucson.com. When we return, some things that were said after the game by Coach Tommy Lloyd, some great quotes and some news about one of Arizona's players who was not present at the game. So we'll, uh, we'll get an update on what Kim Aiken is doing right now, right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. And to help you stay on top of the action, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving you a $10 bonus when you place a $20 bet in same-game parlays. You can bet on a single game, or you can spread your bets out across multiple matchups uh, in this week's slate of games. It's up to you. You can uh, bet, you know, choose and pick whichever ones you like. But as long as you bet 20 bucks in same-game parlays, or SGPs as we call them, uh, during the same week of NFL action, you're going to get a $10 bonus. I got my $10 bonus last week. I'm prepped to get it this week. And in week 14, of course, the huge matchup culminating on Monday night, between the Rams and the Cardinals, I've already got my SGP set for that. I'm going to go over total points. Matthew Stafford over passing yards. And I'm going to take the Rams' money line because, you know, hashtag NFL 2021. Just kind of the things that happen. NFL uh, action is uh, is always so fun to bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. They, they make things so easy to use on the app. There's tons of different 
props and promotions, and the SGP list just goes on and on. And you can really customize your bet any way you want. Plus, when you win, that great feeling of getting paid out in just fewer than two hours is always awesome. Now, this same-game parlay bonus is live during weeks 14 and 15. We already did it for week 13. So lock in some winners today and enjoy a $10 bonus on FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, great. Sign up using my promo code DEAN to get 30-to-1 odds on either team to win the Browns-Ravens game, that big matchup in the AFC North, a rematch from just a couple of weeks ago, which means that you can place a $5 bet and win $150. All you have to do is pick one of the two teams to win the game. But you got to use my promo code DEAN. That's going to allow you to get that, uh, that special promotion exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 or over in present in Arizona. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max bonus is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. Some of the best things that uh, Tommy Lloyd said after the game last night started right away. He walked into the, the room. The, uh, the press conference room at the uh, McHale Center there, and uh, he goes, didn't expect that. <laughs> Neither did we, Tommy. Uh, some people did. I had a buddy who, who teased uh, the, uh, the spread all the way up to 20 in that game. Needless to say, he got to uh, cash that uh, FanDuel check real quick on that one as uh, he teased that bet. That was nice to see. Uh, didn't expect that is what Tommy said when he walked in, and really – I, again, I don't know if any of us really did. I mean, that game, we were up by 34 at one point in that game. It was a complete, it was just a complete decimation. It was 2-2. Then the next thing you turn around, you turn around, it's 11-2. Then it's 16-5. I'm like, okay, yeah, here we go. <laughs> this is, this is going to be fun tonight. Um, I can't wait to be back at the McHale Center next Wednesday, by the way. I completely missed that, and the crowd was really loud last night, and I was totally geeked up, and I was sad that I was missing it, but uh, I get cleared from the doctor today, hopefully, and I'll be back next Wednesday at the McHale Center. So looking forward to seeing you guys and hearing you guys there at McHale next Wednesday after a big victory, a come-home victory from uh, from Illinois this weekend. Uh, Tommy Lloyd, you know, also cut, they, he, he praised their rebounding, essentially. Like, um, he talked about you know how Wyoming likes to isolate good players he said but in this sense it just a lot of it comes down to will he goes I don't put too much of it on coaching it's just guys that are hungry to go and get the ball and that's essentially what rebounding comes down to I mean there's certain scheme and things like that that you want to do and you you have a certain way that you like to rebound the ball as a team certain guys that are that are responsible for doing this and you teach the fundamentals and all that kind of stuff but Really, there's a reason why it's called a hustle stat, because it comes down to individual hustle, the hunger to go and get the basketball, to be better than the man standing in front of you in the opposite colored jersey. I mean, that's really what it what it boils down to, and Arizona obviously showed that last night, and Tommy was just like, look, it's not coaching, it's it's the guys. Now, there was some concern as one of the Wildcat players, the uh, the transfer from Eastern Washington, Kim Aiken Jr., uh, was a no-show last night on the Arizona bench. He was not there at the game for what Tommy Lloyd and the U of A said was personal reasons, which doesn't, you know, obviously doesn't give a whole lot of information other than the fact that it wasn't, you know, ankle injury or things like that. Tommy Lloyd was asked if the absence was COVID-related, and he de- he declined to comment. He basically said he's got a personal issue, that's what's going on, and you need to respect his deal. So, 
whatever is going on with Kim Aiken right now, we wish him the best. Um, whether it's a you know a mental health issue that a lot of people deal with this time of year, whether he's had you know loss in his family or a cl- you know close knit friend group or something like that, we wish him all the best. Take whatever time you need to get back. Look, these are these are big games, but nothing is more important than your health, your personal health, your mental health, and to take care of the people that you love. So, um, whatever Kim Aiken is uh, is going through right now. Wish him the best. We look forward to seeing him back in a Wildcat uniform at some point in time this season at the McHale Center, shooting threes, Ding people up because he was the reigning Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, grabbing rebounds and looking good in that uh, that Cardinal and Navy uniform. So we'll uh, we'll see if we can get him back. Also, last night, uh, you know, Kerr went out with a with a, with an injury, limped off the court after hitting those four threes early on in the game. Kind of rolled his ankle, went back into the locker room. And, of course, J-Rock, Justin Kokoski, the best in the business, best in the world, uh, in my opinion, is did his magic, got Kerr back on the court. Kerr had one of his biggest games of, uh, of the season. And then uh, Pella Larson also was limping around a little bit. And it's, it's, a, it's a little more concerning for Pella because he did have foot surgery in the offseason to repair that broken bone in his foot. But um, again, he was able to to you know get him, strap him back on and uh, and play in the game last night after missing a few minutes uh, of time from you know just to get looked at. So those are uh, those are interesting news of note um, for the Wildcats as they get ready to head out to their second true road game of the season. This time, a big one in Champaign, Illinois, to take on the ranked Illini and a huge Big Ten opponent. And, uh, you know, a preview of some of the teams and, and the skill levels that they're going to see, hopefully, if they're allowed to play in the postseason this year. So we'll have plenty more Wildcat talk to have for you. Wildcat basketball, of course, and uh, we'll preview the game against Illinois during tomorrow's show. As I mentioned, women's basketball, Adia Barnes and the women's team back in action at the McHale Center tonight. That game is at 6.30. They're taking on North Dakota State. Uh, North Dakota State 3-4 and four on the season. The Wildcats are 7-0. and oh. They are coming off a 12-day hiatus, so hopefully the rust hasn't uh, settled in too deeply. That's a long time off uh, right there in the season. So um, thankfully they're playing a team who is – Shouldn't give them too much trouble, I don't think. Uh, and uh, we expect the Wildcats to continue on. Number six ranked team in the country, enjoying their highest ranking ever, tied for their highest ranking ever, and looking to e- climb even further up that ladder to try to get uh, up to that uh, that top five status for the first time in program history. All right, when we return, the city of Glendale hit the Arizona Coyotes with an eviction notice last night. What in the world developed overnight? We'll talk about that next. You're listening here on ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. So I'm working last night, and I get a text from my buddy. You know, he texts me all this stuff all the time. Big, big sports fan, known each other for a long time. And uh, he, in his text, it's basically like, um, it's basically like, hey, uh, wondering if you have some money you can spare. Uh, you know, someone real important to me is he just was given an eviction notice, and if they don't pay their bills, 
you know, it, you know, in the next couple of weeks, they're going to be evicted for Christmas. And I was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. Like, what, you know, tell me more about this. And he's like, he's like, yeah, the city of Glendale just told the Coyotes if they don't pay their bill, they're gone. I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious right now? And then, of course, I had to immediately go to the source of Craig Morgan, who does a phenomenal job covering the Coyotes and has for many, many years here in the Valley. And uh, sure enough, there it is, city of Glendale announced uh, the city manager, Kevin Phelps, confirmed yesterday evening, last night, that they had sent Coyotes president and CV- CEO Xavier Gutierrez and ASM Global. Uh, ASM Global is the manager of the um, uh, the arena that the, that the Coyotes play in. Uh, they had sent them a letter last night informing the Coyotes that they have until 5 p.m. on December 20th to pay their outstanding arena invoices from the 2020-21 season as well as their outstanding tax bill, or they will be locked out of the Gila River Arena for the remaining games of this season. Phelps, uh, the city manager for Glendale, was uh, said, quote, what we've done is we've revoked their business license under city code for failure to pay taxes, and then yada, yada, yada. Kevin Phelps also placed a phone call last night to someone, to NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, telling him of what was going on. Now, I honestly don't know if this is normal practice it doesn't seem it kind of seems out of the realm of his uh, scope of of influence if you ask me he called Bettman to to tell him about this basically and Phelps said it was a fairly short conversation I told him I was calling as a courtesy to the league uh, as if the Coyotes weren't going to do that themselves once they received the notice he says I felt like the league should be made aware as soon as possible he said it was a very short phone call as Bettman was on an airplane, and Bettman, all Bettman said was, thank you, this isn't very good news, and hung up the phone. As in, like, why are you calling me? <laughs> so, kind of interesting that, uh, that, that, would, that would happen. Now, here's the, here's the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. In November, the Arizona Department of Revenue filed a tax lien against uh, the company which owns the Coyotes, Ice Arizona Hockey LLC. It's the LLC that uh, Xavier Gutierrez had formed to manage and run the Coyotes. Now, this tax lien was for more than $1.3 million in unpaid state and city taxes. Now, the portion that is owed to the city of Glendale is 250000 in unpaid city taxes. Uh, and then the, the remaining amount, you know, one, around $1.1 million or right around there, uh, is owed to the state of Arizona. So... This was in, I think it was like the second week of November, like November 10th or 11th, right around there was when they received the notice. So city of Glendale's like, all right, one month they've got to pay this uh, this bill, and then if they don't, we're going to send them this eviction notice letter saying, like, you got to pay now or else you're done. So things getting even uglier between the team and the city. Now, on the surface, it almost seems like the city of Glendale is aiming to embarrass the Coyotes before they are to exit that building for good in June. If you remember, last uh, season, it was was rather in August, actually, Um, not last season, before this season began, the the Coyotes were notified by the city of Glendale that Gila River Arena would no longer be their home following this immediate NHL season, that they were basically being kicked out. They weren't wanted there anymore. city of Glendale felt like, they could fill that uh, arena with concerts and monster truck rallies and whatever else, 
Comic Cons or something, I don't know, uh, to make more money than the Coyotes are making them, I told him to find a new place to live. Now, <laughs> again, this is this is this just kind of sums up the whole relationship between these two as it's gone on for years between the, the Coyotes and the city of Glendale. City of Glendale, ever since they basically gave them the land, you know, not donated, obviously. There's still plenty of bills to be paid, obviously. Um, but it's been it's been a tenuous relationship between the Coyotes and the city of Glendale and obviously the, the consistent uh, rumors about the Coyotes relocating, whether it be Seattle or Houston or going back to Canada or wherever they're going. And now this the eviction notice about you know non non payment of a tax lien that the coyotes were notified of in november now here's my thing now i'm i'm not putting all the blame on the city of glendale they're owed money they want to collect hey you know pay up so i get it now if the coyotes owed 1.3 million dollars in state and city taxes yet they're almost seeming like this comes to them as a surprise <laughs> They released a statement yesterday, immediately last night, basically after after this news started rolling through the uh, rolling through the, uh, the the wires. They said we've already launched an investigation to determine how this could have happened, and initial indications are that it appears to be the result of an unfortunate human error. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking maybe forty minutes tops after this news hit. Again, the Coyotes were notified before the news actually hit of this whole thing, so maybe the Coyotes had an extra hour to kind of start investigating. But we launched an investigation to determine how this had happened, and we found out it was an unfortunate human error. Uh, The statement went on to read, Regardless, we deeply regret the inconvenience this has caused. We will make sure that by tomorrow morning, today, Thursday, December 9th, the Arizona Coyotes are current on all of our bills and owe no state or local taxes whatsoever, and will take immediate steps to ensure that nothing like this can ever possibly happen again. So you owe $1.3 million. This, this is what this sounds like to me. They owe $1.3 million to the state and to the city. City of Glendale goes, hey, we need our money, man. Uh, here's an eviction notice. If we don't get paid in two weeks, you're gone. Period. End of story. You're going to be locked out. You, you won't be allowed back into the building. And the coyote's like, oh, we didn't pay that? I thought we paid that. Somebody, oh, hey, what happened? Oh, it was an unfortunate human error. That's where we found that. I, I was wondering why we had an extra $1.3 million in our budget that we had earmarked for tax liens. <laughs> what in the hell is going on? How can you be that irresponsible? Oh, my God. Those two just need to get the hell away from each other as quickly as possible. Thankfully, it will be over soon. The Coyotes will be moving somewhere else here in the Valley to uh, to play their games in the 2022-23 season. But it's going to be a long season till we get there. It's a long way to June, especially with the way the Coyotes are playing. Uh, it's not a good product. So things are uh, things are dire right now, and... I just don't I like it's just you know one is trying to embarrass the other and the other is like oh sorry just being completely I I just it's it's just a, a, a horrible situation and the Coyotes don't know where they're going to play next year I know Craig uh, Craig Morgan had written an article earlier this week I think it was on Monday or Tuesday about them possibly playing in the Veterans Memorial Coliseum 
oh boy, I, my God. I mean, that's like an emergency use building. There's, you know, there's probably asbestos in that building for all I know. Who knows? I, you know, they're waiting for their hopeful arena to be built in uh, in Tempe there. But gosh, it is it is an absolute mess. <laughs> last night, last night, uh, yeah. And and now, you know, and, and also, of course, Kevin Phelps, city manager of City of Glendale, is like basically saying this isn't all we're going to accept from the Coyotes. We better have assurances that we're going to get paid. What did he say? Um, what's what was the quote? Here it is. He goes, I think it's likely that for us to move forward, we're going to need assurances that they're not going to just rack up a huge bill and then walk out the door in June owing us a lot of money, <laughs> which might very well happen. Bye. Little dine and dash there for the uh, for the Coyotes. Boy, oh, boy. These two couldn't get away from each other sooner. If, if it happened yesterday, it wouldn't be soon enough. All right. Well, that's some NHL talk. We uh, we will continue to monitor this situation. Uh, you know, hopefully the Coyotes have paid their debts this morning. We'll find out uh, a little bit more. No news yet, but we'll uh, we'll find out if the city of Glendale is satisfied with their payment so far. Coming up uh, next, a wild Wednesday night in the NBA. Steph gunning for Ray Allen's NBA three-point record. Nikola Jokic continues to just have a remarkable season and an early look at the NBA's MVP candidates. I think you might be surprised by one of the names on the list. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Tomorrow from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Walmart off of Cartero, just west of the I-10, you can help stuff the cop car as the Marana Police Officers Association are holding their stuff the cop car toy drive. They're going to be collecting clothes, shoes, and toys for all ages. They can also accept cash donations. So the super convenient thing is just right there at the Walmart, go into the Walmart, choose something that you would like to donate, whether clothes, shoes, or toys, and uh, bring it out. Stuff it in the cop car, and you've done your good deed for the day and for the the season, this uh, holiday season. It's going to benefit the Arizona Children's Association to help kids in the Marana and Tucson areas, areas uh, have a uh, much more Merry Christmas. And uh, you can get information there at ESPNTucson.com. Again, that's tomorrow from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Walmart off of Cortero, just west of the I-10. A wild night in the NBA last night. A lot of games. Some crazy outcomes. I had a couple of parlays. One went great for me. The other one went south. I had a, uh, I had a little Lowry Markinen versus Lonzo Ball uh, parlay going on last night. I I like to do this kind of stuff. I'm just like, oh, I don't like Lonzo Ball. He came into McHale Center and kind of lit us up and beat us when we had a really good team, and I want Lowry to get some payback. Well, the Cleveland Cavaliers decimated the Chicago Bulls. However, Unfortunately, it wasn't a close game, and therefore Lowry was benched in the you know for the entire fourth quarter. He only played 27 minutes, so he wasn't able to get to his escalators that he needed to meet my parlay card. So I was hoping for a closer game, but Cleveland was up by like 30 at some point in that game. I'm like, oh, we're, we're, I'm screwed. <laughs> the, bed, the starters are going to get benched in this game, and uh, I'm going to be done unless he really cranks it up here. But, hey, that's all right. You know, you just uh, you fight to live another day, and that's part of the fun with uh, – with the, the, the parlays and uh, doing the uh, the sports thing. 
Now, Steph, last night as the uh, the Warriors took on the Trailblazers, the, the Trailblazers are having all kinds of trouble on the court, off the court, uh, collapsed lungs, disgruntled players, all kinds of things going on. Now, Steph, uh, in that game, attempted 17 three-pointers, was I think tied for the most in his career uh, for attempts. He's trying so hard to break Ray Allen's NBA three-point record. He got six of them. He was six of 17, so not a great night shooting. But nonetheless, he's uh, he's six closer now to uh, to Ray Allen's record as the Warriors now 21-4, and four, best record in the league, beat the uh, Trailblazers. Curry now needs nine more three-pointers to tie Ray Allen and tend to surpass. They're playing at Philadelphia on Saturday. I am definitely going to be putting some money on that one because Steph is gunning for it. He might attempt 23 pointers to try to break that record in Philadelphia on Saturday night. James Harden had eight turnovers as the Nets lost to the lowly Rockets last night. And uh, when asked about it after the game, he says, well, it's back-to-back game, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, that's great, great, uh, great excuse. Coming up after the break, again, it's that little quick little two-minute turnaround here. Nikola Jokic, the reigning NBA MVP, having a phenomenal season. But we're going to take an early look at some other MVP candidates in the NBA. Also, a ton of NFL to get into here in hour number two and so much more. So stay tuned right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We'll be right back for hour number two of the Jeff Dean Show.